The GRBJ Podcast is brought to you by Spectrum Health Integrated Care Campus at 426 Michigan Street. Taking care of your family is now easier than ever with multiple services all in one convenient location. And Seven Monks Grand Rapids, worldwide craft beer, locally crafted cuisine, located at the new 616 Lofts Building at 740 Michigan Street. This is the GRBJ Podcast. I'm Pat Evans, and with me today is Tim Gortzma. Hey, Tim. Hello, Pat. What's up? Not much. Hey. What? Refrigerator check. Do you have hot dogs in your refrigerator? Probably. I don't know. I don't keep in consistent inventory. Oh. I fr- well, at first, I thought you were going to say, is your refrigerator running? I'm like, I don't know. It's no, that's you know, home. Prince George in a can. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, no. Our guest today, though does have hot dogs in his refrigerator. That's right. We did talk about what's at home. We did. Yeah. The uh, Grove executive chef, Jeremy Paquin, is here to talk all about food and Grand Rapids, and we both like talking about food. So Absolutely. It was fun having him in here. Yep. All right, Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So you've had a weird, not a weird career, but you've yeah. owned your own restaurant. I have. And now you're back... Chefing, I don't. Is that a word? Yeah, I get it. Is well. <laughs> it is now. You just said it, so it's a word. Yeah. So I mean, can you take us through that path first of kind of why you went and sure. opened your own thing, and then why you decided to to sure. go back to just a kitchen? Yeah. Well, I owned a restaurant for about eight years out in the Lakeshore, out on Muskegon, uh, called Mia and Grace. Um, my wife and I, we were solely sole proprietors. Kind of worked very, very hard. You know, seven days a week, which is the typical chef life. It's not too hard. Uh, for most, but uh, we did that for a while. And, you know, as our daughter got older, we kind of decided, uh, hey, is this, do we want to continue owning our own place? Do we want to do it like this? You know, kind of had that conversation. And uh, we decided that it was a good time to say, hey, let's let's do something else. And uh, obviously we're both cooks. So it was a, a natural progression for us just to go into cooking somewhere else. <laughs> Very simple. Not, not a hard right, thing. Yeah. It's like, where am I going to cook? That's basically what it was, what it came down to. And, and what do I want to do? And, uh, Actually, I'm really good friends with Aaron Van Temmer and the chef over at Bistro Bella Vita. And that's kind of how I landed back or landed in Grand Rapids and uh, and joined Essence Group. So I was at Bistro for a year and then I guess, yeah, about a year. And then I moved over to Grove on Cherry Street and I've been there ever since. So you've been in Muskegon, you've been around a bit. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what the Grand Rapids restaurant scene is like and, and what you've seen maybe changing. Sure. Well, I've just seen a lot of them. I mean, there, <laughs> as I'm sure you hear, I mean, there, there are a lot of restaurants, um, mm-hmm. and it's very diverse. I mean, there's a really, really good restaurant scene in Grand Rapids. Um, you know, fantastic kind of gastropub style food. Uh, we touch on Spanish tapas. There's good Italian restaurants. There's a couple farm to table restaurants. Uh, there's tons of breweries. Lots of breweries. Lots of breweries. Uh, you know, Beer City USA or yeah. something, you know. I don't know. I don't know all the monikers, but um, it's it's got a really good restaurant scene, and it's it's actually a, a lot bigger and I think more diverse than people that are from outside Grand Rapids would would really right. think. Yeah, I mean, we cover so many different genres of food and just uh, so much ethnic food, and uh, it's 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 a strong scene. Mm-hmm. It's a very strong scene. It's definitely become more competitive as a scene um, because of the amount of restaurants. Okay. I mean. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's a bunch of st- 
statistics about per capita how many we've grown right. there's a lot yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot i have no idea i just know there's a lot that i there's so many that i can't keep up with which ones are opening and when and even attempt to get to them all sure but it's got a but it's got a very very strong scene it's got a a, a bunch of talented chefs and restaurateurs throughout the city which is is always really really good you know it kind of pushes everybody else up and makes everybody else want to do better okay you know trying to come up with the best new thing or the next best thing with so many restaurants, is it mm -hmm. is it a staffing challenge in a kitchen? Sometimes? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I you know, I, I think a lot of restaurateurs and owners have touted that a lot more lately. That that's a huge problem in finding staffing. I, I think that's some of it. Um, I but I also don't remember a time in my career where there wasn't some kind of remote staffing issue in the restaurant business. You know, mm -hmm. where you sat back and just said, "Oh, I have the the perfect situation here. This is the perfect storm." I think. You know, it's a gypsy business for the most part, we used to always say, you know, and sometimes it's just people passing through, you yeah. know, it's not their career. Um, sure. I'm fortunate enough to work in restaurant environments where most of the time it is their career. So if you get a cook, you know, they want to work in a, in a Grove style restaurant that, that does farm to table and that, you know, they just have a little maybe more compassion for the ingredient or, or what they're doing, I, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a labor crunch. I mean, it, you know, it props the market up. So where it's obviously a supply and demand issue. So you may see, you're seeing a little bit of a shortage. <laughs> I don't know how, I, there's no really elegant way to put that. There's a little bit of a shortage, you know, as, as obviously more restaurants open, well, we don't gain a ton more cooks. I mean, they, they pump them out of sake as fast as they can and we all take them and, and, in other culinary schools, but at the rate that it's growing, yeah, there's, there's definitely a crunch. Um, so before you took over Grove, it had a lot of accolades. Yes. Oh, it's a fantastic um, restaurant. Yeah. Was that at all as, you know. Daunting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, a good yeah, word. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it is a daunting challenge. I mean, it's a, it's a, a, a real kind of tight wire walk with a, with a restaurant like that because you're already walking into a restaurant that, like you said, had plenty of accolades. I mean, that's, they, they, they just, it's a great restaurant. It's very well known. A lot of talented people have come through there, and uh, yeah, that's that can be stressful in its own way because as you want to put your own touches on something, and as I have, it, it's got to be a real delicate, slow process because it's already good. So, you know, what do you? It's just it can get a little confusing. It's not like you're walking into a place like, hey, start this brand new restaurant and right. just run with it. It's like, no, here's a really great restaurant. You know, come in, be the chef tweak here and there, you know, put your, put your touch on it, but also keep the integrity of what has been built, you know? So it definitely is a little different than, than opening a new place and saying, Hey, here's a, a, a blank slate, do Spanish food, run with it, research it, right. you know, figure yeah. out every obscure ingredient you can find and import it. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely different. And it, and it did pose its own challenges because, uh, you know, uh, Grove has a great clientele and, you know, it's been around for five years. So you're not, taking something brand new or you're not taking something that is broken or you're just trying to expand upon the already good job that, that they do and the, and the hard work that's been put in before you. So it's more just probably me trying to show respect to the guys that came before me and, and not only highlight the great things that they've done, but just bring a little bit of mine in and kind of try to push it all together there. How much change is required over the over the course of, you know, weeks, months, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's I always say, you know, I'm, I'm never there. Everybody asks, well, how's it going? Oh, that's great. We're not quite where we want to be yet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's my standard operating response because it's true. I mean, especially in a restaurant of that style to where we focus on seasonality 
for real. Like mm-hmm. we really do that. And and so, you know, the menu changes. We run a tasting menu every day. So it's constantly changing. So it's a it's an always evolving you know, I hate to use coin terms like organic. It's an organic thing. It's it's not yeah. that artsy. It's it's just a constant, <laughs> you know, it's a constant, hey, we're getting this in. You know, what what are we let's huddle, let's see what we want to do with this. What do we do last time with this? What do we do last year with it that we liked yeah. as far as an ingredient goes, if it's a farm ingredient? So it's always changing. I mean, it is uh, the landscape changes in the restaurant scene. It changes, mm-hmm. you know, people's tastes change. You, you never want to just sit and, you know, pat yourself on the back and know oh, it's just so great. You, you're, you constantly have to be evolving yeah. and, and looking to do the next best thing or at least attempting to. So, so, so go ahead. No, I was going to say, as, so as you're evolving through that, is Grand Rapids evolving also? I mean, do events, for example, like, yeah. Art prize or yeah. restaurant yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Restaurant. We just got done with restaurant week. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, I think they are evolving. I mean, I think as you see better restaurants, when when there's you know, more better restaurants, obviously the diner is inevitably more educated. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're seeing. So a diner knows now a little more of if it's an ingredient. Everything's not so foreign anymore. Okay. Because there's there's more like minded restaurants. Um, but we evolve as the diner evolves. I mean, we don't want to jump too high or too far ahead of them because well, then you don't have any diners. Right. <laughs> so, you, know, you can be as creative and you know kitschy and cool as you want to be, but you may only be cool to yourself. Right. So that's not gonna that's not gonna get customers in the door and and keep them happy. So you know, I, I always say it. You know, the customer inevitably dictates what we sell. Mm-hmm. They really do. As we experiment, we try things, and yeah, we throw up obscure ingredients. We're notorious for that, and we can get away with that. The bulk of your diner is not going to want to eat pig head, yeah. you know, and, and and things of that nature. Which but is why you throw like a cheeseburger you know, on the menu. Which is exactly yeah. why we sit there and go, hey, you know what, let's just do a really good cheeseburger and make everything, the cheese, everything, and have right. fun with it. So you can have, you can be creative and conscious in the same way by just having integrity in the products that you're making rather than just, I'm, I'm going to do something so obscure just for the reason of just to be obscure. Okay. It's a it's a really tight kind of line of being creative and, and knowing your audience and saying, this is just outlandish. It makes absolutely no sense. And nobody's ever going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody might write about it, I guess, well, you know? I, I, yeah. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> you know? Do you ever get an ingredient that just gives you like a mental block? <sighs> you know, sometimes, I, I mean, <laughs> we had a mental block in the kitchen last week. It was funny because uh, being from the South and spending a lot of time in the South, uh, we use okra a lot. Well, there's only a couple farms that have okra in Michigan, and it's a very just kind of weird ingredient to use. It can be slimy. It can be, it's just interesting to use. You have to cook it a certain way. And we got some okra in from Ham Family Farm last week, and it just kind of sat there for a day. <laughs> I, I think I was by, off. Yeah, everybody just kept walking yeah. by that, that that okra. And I finally, I come into the kitchen. I'm like, guys, I, you know, like we, we need to use the okra. What do we what do we have on the books? And everybody's just, they just stare at me. <laughs> and, and luckily, they're very humble, humble gentlemen and ladies. And they're just like, We've never used okra, man. I yeah. like I'm lost on this. And I'm like, well, we can fry it or we can stew it, but we're gonna do something with it. And then, you know, it's such a simple ingredient. Mm-hmm. I don't there not very many high-end things are thrown my way that, you know, high-end stuff is is a lot easier, I think, than humble ingredients. Humble, you have to think about it because you gotta say, you know, how do I make this fit? How do I make this unique, flavorful? So whereas, yeah, if you, you know, if you're getting foie or you're getting caviar, you know what it is. You know, you're not gonna disturb that too much down the path from, you know, getting from the cutting board to the plate, it's going to be a simpler ingredient. So yeah, some of the simple stuff throws you some days, or some days you just walk in and you're like, okay, I've done everything I can do with a yellow wax bean. 
What, what like, am I going to do mean, now? There's more than <laughs> yeah, one yeah, thing yeah, you can do with a wheel thing. Like, I've done every wow. single thing possible. What do I do to this thing? I've smoked it. I've charred it. I'm like, what do we do to this? You know, so it can be the simplest and the most humble ingredients that you're trying to highlight and going, I am running out of stuff, you know, <laughs> like hopefully that season will end soon. <laughs> It'll give me a whole, you know, eight months to figure it out. So yeah, they're all, all the time, all the time. It's always, you know, and, and being a chef, I think, and being in the environment that we're in where we're constantly changing, you get very uneasy, very, very quickly. Like we need to do something different. We need, we've done this for three days, you know, it's too long. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so you get very, you know, anxious. So we always want to change stuff. Having owned your own restaurant, mm -hmm. do you want to do it again? Or is, oh. I mean, that's kind of a weird question. No, no, that's a perfect question. <laughs> I actually, believe it or not, I get that question a lot. Um, I, I, would I do it again? Yes. Would I, I would never say no to anything. You know, that would be unfair uh, to being a chef. Um, I'm happy and content where I'm at right now. Um, I enjoy what I do. It's, it's allowed me to focus for the last couple of years just on food and, and really just putting all my emphasis on food and not having to, you know, fix the toilet and plug the roof and all the other things that come with being a very small business owner. Um, so I've enjoyed that break. Um, but yeah, the possibility is always there. I'm never, I, I couldn't say no wholeheartedly and say I would never own one again. I would be a lot smarter, hopefully. <laughs> sure. I think I've learned a lot more since then. And, uh, and I definitely have had some time to do some reflection on uh, you know what is important in the restaurant business and, and and what I think is important to the customer. What are the differences between Grand Rapids as a food scene and Muskegon or even just the Lakeshore? In the Lakeshore, uh, the Lakeshore is different. I mean, the seasonality of the customer down there is is obviously a, a huge impact. Um, I think I was a little more fortunate. Um, we had a pretty good core base uh, in Muskegon, some very, very, very loyal customers. And we were fortunate enough to have people drive from Grand Rapids and, and other areas. But you're going to do the bulk of your business in the summer on the lakeshore. Um, you know, you're getting a snowstorm. You're not going to come from Grand Rapids to have lunch or dinner. It's very rarely. Yeah. So that makes a huge impact. But the summer, I mean, is so busy. You know, I mean, those guys can do the bulk of their business in four months. And then the rest just kind of you know, work their way through. But that that poses, you know, different issues, especially with staffing. That's where you have huge staffing issues because you need so many more in the summer. And then you kind of lose a lot of them in the winter. So you only have a couple of core people. So it's each year you might have a couple new people. It's like, oh, I got to kind of start the process over again. So, you know, that that's challenging and consistency and, uh, and other issues like that. Yeah. But huge difference. I mean, huge. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's big. It's a big difference. It's just big. You know, in the city, I mean, you have more consistent business. I mean, there's people work down here every every day. Right. People drive. A lot of people that actually live on the lakeshore work in Grand Rapids. So you'll see a lot of people coming up from there as well. So, Well, yeah, I was talking to somebody yesterday about how TGI Fridays was the only restaurant yeah. in downtown Grand Rapids yeah. for a while. Yeah. You probably know all about that. What sort of reference is that? Well, I think I, 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 I'm just saying you're old enough. To it, remember. It, 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 he's saying you might have been a, a, a it, fan, a huge. A see, huge this, fan. this is a thing you know? we do on the podcast <laughs> where we, you know, talk about different age groups, maybe generationally. Sure, and, sure. And I don't talk about them, but but Pat always likes to make a he reference. He likes to make a reference that that's like where you go for your anniversary and things like that, yeah. or you know, I, yeah, I get I don't it. Know. You no, it's downtown fine. back then. <laughs> Yeah, with the Jurassic Park <laughs> yeah. people. Sure. Yeah, I get it. Jeez. Just wondering. Yeah, okay. We will, yeah, for your reference, I do, I do remember TGI Friday. 
Except for it was TGI Wednesday <laughs> when I started. Hose bag. <laughs> All right. Okay, so at the top of the show, you mentioned that you and your wife both are accomplished cooks. Yeah, we are. We are. Well, cook, she is. Who cooks at home? Ooh, she does. Good question. I, that's a good question. I never cook at home. Really? And I will say that, honestly, I just don't. I don't. I don't even own a grill. Oh. Yeah, I know. Everybody's like, oh, you must be grilling. And uh, no, 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 it's not what happens at no. my house. Um, <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to have a, a wife that loves to cook and uh, probably cooks three to four days a week. And oh, yeah, it's okay. pretty wild. So, Do you have any say in the menu or is it all? Nope. Her? Nope. Dude, no, there we go. no, no, no. Unless right. you're participating, I don't believe that you have a say, <laughs> I think is how it goes. And since I don't participate, and she probably prefers it that way. Okay. Um, yeah, she just she does a great job. So I don't I'm not picky. Yeah. Please tell me that it once in a while at home you guys have like mac and cheese. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, have yeah. A, I have an eleven year old. Don't worry. <laughs> Any chef that comes in here is like, no, I only eat organic. And I mean I have a big garden out back and I like to garden. I do all the stuff, but no, we're regular people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is an Applegate hot dog in my refrigerator right now. I'm sure we'll be having hot dogs sometime this week. You know, all at least right. it's a decent hot dog. But yes, we eat like regular people. <laughs> we are not serving lobster and fillets all day and then going home and eating them. No, I'm it's, sure. uh, it's late, long days, late nights. So, you know, we'll snack at the restaurant and then, yep, we eat normal meals sometimes. <laughs> regular people food. <laughs> are there any foods you don't like? And does that ever affect the way that I cook? Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I I, I have eaten anything and everything. Um, there's nothing I'm afraid to eat. Um, there's some things I don't care for. Um, you know, foie. Like I, I'll serve it a lot. I'm not a huge foie guy, foie gras fan, goose liver. You know, it's not for me. Okay. Um, well, that's good. <laughs> but but if you put like old school liver and onions in front of me, I'll love it. I, I love it completely. Love it. Um, so there's not many things I just detest, but yeah, there's some awful and things that I don't care for too much. I had duck tongue once. I didn't care for that much. I wonder if anybody's ever had duck tongue twice. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's probably a better question. Since you've eaten duck tongue, Jeremy, have you ever eaten it twice? No, absolutely not. It was uh, not my thing. My least favorite. But beef tongue, on the other hand, I love beef tongue. <laughs> if done right. But duck tongue. How that, small is it, duck tongue? It is. It, it's small. It's Three inches. It's the size I of mean, a duck, dude. yeah, it's the size of a duck, man. <laughs> like, think of the well, duck. Think of the ponds. Different size ducks. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the size of a duck. <laughs> well, that's that's right. It depends on the size. They're not very big, um, but it's not my thing. It is just just really not my thing. And I've eaten other interesting things over the years, but yeah, I'll try anything once. Anything. I was having a conversation with a chef recently from not from Grand Rapids, a mm -hmm. bigger city, mm -hmm. and said that he's trying to bring everybody together to elevate. The dining scene. Like the Michigan dining scene? Michigan. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, is that ever, because obviously within a city, restaurants are competition, but is that ever a thought that like, man, we really need to work together more? And I, I, a huge proponent of that. I always have been. Um, we're doing a slow food dinner next month where Chef Jenna from Amore is going to come over to Grove and help out. Aaron Van Temeren from Bistro Bella Vita, my buddy Corey Barrett, who works at Kalamazoo, is going to come up and help. Um, I, I've always thought that that's the way to go. I mean, strength in numbers. I mean, it's it's you're you're already you know like minded. Some of the restaurants we're already buying from the same farmers. It's like it. I don't think it hurts any party by cooking together once every in a while and sharing ideas and just enjoying decent company of like minded people that 
are doing the same things and probably have very similar lifestyles for the most part. Hey, well, you you call that what a slow dinner? Slow food dinner. Slow, um, food slow food's dinner. an organization here in Grand Rapids that oh, promotes okay, okay. local farms, sustainable eating, sustainable practices. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been around for a while. Um, that's a Grand Rapids thing. We did some dinners in Muskegon when I was out there. And I've always invited my friends to cook with me on that because, hey, it's a, just a great cause and it's a, an opportunity for us to get together too and just catch up, cook good food, you know, do what we love to do, which is to cook and please people. And then we get to hang out at the same time. So I would say so. Um, you know, I, I think we should all be working together on some level where it's this side of the state, the other side of the state, north, south. I mean, there's no secret. There's no secret, like, don't look at my secret recipe book. It, it, it really doesn't matter. If you're talented enough, you'll figure it out if you eat somewhere. And if you're humble enough, just ask the chef and we'll share it. It's, there's no secret. We give recipes every other week at Grove. Can I get this recipe? Yeah, sure. I, what, it's not a big deal. It's not a big, we'll just come up with something else. So I, I think it is, <laughs> it is important. And I think if you look at other states and other cities, if you look at Chicago, you look at New York, LA, um, there's Seattle, Portland area. I mean, they, they all work together. So I think some view it as, oh, I can't work with the competition. Like there's some weird thing going on. It's really not. <laughs> like I, they, do, they do view it like that. Right. Though. There are. There are some places that just, no, we're just not going to do that. We feel like you're in our backyard. And I, I don't believe in that. I think that there's strength in numbers and like-minded people in the restaurant business that are practicing sustainable practices or, or have the same common goals as restaurants. I don't necessarily think that you're hurting each other by doing a dinner together or cooking at an event or just having good dialogue. I, I, I don't think it can be any kind of loss for any restaurant, but probably only a gain. I mean, you're sharing like-minded experiences and maybe things that are working for you that aren't working for me or, you know, it's, I was I, just wondering. Yeah. <laughs> Got deep into that, huh? <laughs> yeah. That was the right question. No, I feel strongly about that because I think that that's something that is lacking in Grand Rapids. And I've always felt like that a little bit. Okay. Like there is some kind of, we don't want to, we don't play well with others or right. something. You know, we don't want to play in the sandbox. Like, no, nah, it's no big deal. There's room. Okay. Plenty. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. The GRBJ podcast is brought to you by Spectrum Health Integrated Care Campus at 426 Michigan Street. Taking care of your family is now easier than ever with multiple services all in one convenient location. And Seven Monks Grand Rapids, worldwide craft beer, locally crafted cuisine, located at the new 616 Lofts Building at 740 Michigan Street. That was Jeremy. He's a lively guy when it comes to food. And knowledgeable. Should we go try duck tongue somewhere? I'm still mind blown by how big, like, how is that? I don't a thing. I don't know how it is a thing. Because like you said after after he got out of the room, chickens have tongues? Maybe. Uh, we don't maybe, know. Yeah. Chickens have. No, I think the joke is chickens have lips. Ch lips, tongues, whatever. It's in there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as Jeremy mentioned, Grove is hosting a five-course harvest dinner benefiting Slow Food of West Michigan on September 13th. Um, and they got all sorts of chefs coming in and helping and I don't know. Sounded and, interesting. And probably not duck tongues. I would assume not. Probably not. Okay. Maybe okra, though. That could be a whole box of it. Yeah. Which is better than Oprah. She was in town <laughs> a few weeks ago. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Must have missed that one. Oh, well. We did. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by Seven Monks and Spectrum Health Integrated Care Campus. Until next week, stay informed with us. Visit GRBJ.com. 
www.mondaysprint.com every day and pick up Monday's print edition.